Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your Daily Dose of Donna. Happy Monday. Today is Monday, November 27th. The Monday after Thanksgiving weekend is always a tough one. I don't know about you guys. I could not get out of bed this morning. Could not get out of bed. My kids couldn't get out of bed. It was like torture waking up this morning. Just start your day. But now that I worked out and like, you know, watched a little bit of Sister Wives, I'm energized. I'm ready to go. We have just a few more weeks left in this year because it's the 27th of November. Yeah. I mean, next week it's December already. Like, forget it. It's over. So how are you guys doing? I hope you had a fantastic Thanksgiving. Obviously, I was here on Friday, so we spoke a little bit about that. And then the weekend after, I promised you that I was going to be on the baseball fields all day Saturday and Sunday. And that is true. I was. I was on the baseball field all day for the turkey tournament, um, Oliver's baseball games. And it was so much fun. And like, it's the craziest thing because I had a moment. And those of you that are moms or dads that are listening to this, I had a moment where, you know, we complain about all the time that we spend going to these games and going to the practices and the laundry and the money and da, 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 da. And the truth is like, these are the days Remember that song? These are days we'll remember. Like, I feel like these are the days that I never, like, I'll be so sad when they're over. Little league days. They're just so fun. And for the parents, like, we all socialize too. And there's snacks and there's Starbucks. And we just, you know, like, we hang. It's so fun. So, such a good time. I really enjoy it. Um, Friday night, I didn't have any plans the day after Thanksgiving. So I ordered pizza for the kids and I, and we, um, just hung out and just watched, uh, some TV. And I actually had like all these hours to do nothing or just watch TV. So I was like, I should spend it, you know, investing in a show that I haven't really watched and binging. So I tried to watch Kardashians. Okay. I'll be a hundred percent honest. I think I'm only two episodes into this newest season, maybe three. I, I felt like I, it was, I was struggling to get through the Kardashians. I've never felt that way about the show before, about them. I always enjoy watching them when I do. It's not like on the top of my list, but when I watch the Kardashians, I usually enjoy it. I seriously could not get through it. Why is it so boring? Like there was hours spent on, you know, just like the career, Kim's like speaking to students at Harvard about law and, you know, her new, like, ah, a date night with Chris and her husband or boyfriend, Corey, and just like going and sitting there forever. And I mean, I was like, nothing is interesting here. Not one storyline. Now, maybe interesting stuff happens, but I'm going to say, I'm going to I feel like the era of Kardashians is truly over. Like we're still watching. They're still making a 
shite ton of money from us. Um, Skims and the other brands and stuff are all doing really well, but I can't watch it anymore. Like I'm, I think I'm just so bored. Yeah. It's so, you guys are, are agreeing with it. It's like, it's fake, hard to watch. Um, yeah. I don't know, guys. I don't know. And I'm sad about it because it's kind of like that. Those kinds of shows are such like just good filler shows. But on the Facebook group, Daily Dose of Donna Facebook group, join if you haven't yet. One of you guys said, are you covering Paris in Love, which is Paris Hilton's new show? And the truth is I'm not because I've never watched it. But Paris follows me on TikTok. So we're basically besties, right? Isn't that how it works? So I feel like we need to, I need to watch it. And I'm open to watching Paris, um, Paris in Love. So if you guys are watching Paris in Love, let me know. I will binge that. Maybe I'll do like a, a recap thing on Patreon or something. Um, but, you know, the Paris Hilton thing, and this is like, I can respect her. It's kind of like Kim Kardashian, right? I can respect her for being an incredible businesswoman. I can respect her for, you know, being just so smart and literally like working for years and years and years her ass off when she could have just, you know, been another little rich girl that doesn't do anything other than, you know, take her family's money. I, I truly believe that, you know, I can see those things, but I've always struggled a little bit with Paris, like to be a hundred percent honest, I've always struggled. I've never been a huge fan because of that kind of like fake Paris thing, which I think she's sort of rid herself on now. Okay, let's talk a little bit. This is a good segue about some stuff in the news. Paris Hilton and her mom, Kathy Hilton, were on the Today Show today with Hoda and Jenna. And I don't know if you guys saw this, but they were talking about, um, let me just pull up the article here so I don't get anything wrong. They were talking about Paris and Love. Obviously, they're promoting the show. And, you know, Paris just had another daughter named London, a surrogate. So she now has a son, Phoenix, and a daughter, London. And I think that's so cute. I love that. But basically, Kathy breaks her silence on um, Kyle Richard's separation from Mauricio. Look, this is my true um, inclination about the situation. She's breaking her silence in a public way on TV, but she has broken her silence multiple times on Instagram. Because if you notice, she likes and loves every single post Kyle, you know, will post with hearts and, and, and stars and, you know, a lot of these emojis. Is this thank you or is this praying? I never know. And, um, and she also is, uh, you know, she'll do that for Morgan Wade too. Those of you internet sleuths like to see who likes certain posts. There's a lot of that going on. You know, you, it's like, it's always, you always know what's really going on. If someone likes a post, the liking of the posts are so indicative of like alliances and who someone believes on. But anyway, so, um, oh, this is a high five. I guess the praying symbol is a high five. It doesn't look like a high five. It looks like, thank you. Like prayer. Um, so, so then, um, Kathy has been very vocal online about her support of Kyle and her love of Kyle and also Morgan. I have not personally seen Kathy comment on anything Mauricio, but we all know that there was a little bit of bad blood between Mauricio and, and Kathy's husband, which is part of the reason that it just, as a group, they were never really like connected. Remember, we've talked about this in the past, but 
Kathy Hilton's husband is obviously Rick Hilton from Hilton and Highland, big real estate firm. They gave Mauricio his start in his in his real estate career when Kyle and him started, I don't know, dating or got married when they were very young. And then he left Rick. He left Hilton and Highland to go start the agency. And then since he started the agency, he is full on, you know, dominated, like really dominated um, the industry here in Los Angeles, at least, but kind of everywhere, obviously, is a TV show now. And I don't even know. Hilton and Highland is one of those companies that I don't think will ever go away. It's like a Berkshire Hathaway or a, um, I can't think right now of like a lot of real estate brokerages, but the ones that have been around forever. I don't think that it's going away or will go away, but I just think that, you know, some have a little bit more appeal like to the rich and famous, right? So Compass would be one of those. The agency is another one that you feel like a lot of them. And I guess now with Selling Sunsets, the Oppenheimer group. Oh, that is something I did start watching once I couldn't get into Kardashians. I started Selling Sunset, the newest season. I love that show. But Lance came home while I was watching it and he was like, you've got to be joking me. This is what these women are wearing. Like, is this a joke? Literally to an open house, like one of the real estate agents is wearing, you know, one of those outfits that it's like a Taylor Swift reputation outfit or Lele Pons was wearing it at Dancing with the Stars the other night where it's like one full leg and then no leg on the other side. (laughs) And this is who's showing you your house for like a $25 million purchase. It's crazy looking. So, um, so back to Kathy and back to Mauricio, I think that there's always been a little bit of drama there, which is half of why Kathy and Kyle have never really been fully connected. How could you, how could you be if like your husband doesn't really like your sister's husband? It's going to always be a little bit difficult, right? So, um, meanwhile, this can't. <laughs> Remember last time? Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. <laughs> YouTube's got to stop with me. It's like a mess. Okay. So so then um, Kathy was asked by, by Hoda and Jenna, um, you know, what it's like to watch Kyle Richards go through her separation. And basically, Kathy didn't say anything groundbreaking. She basically just said, you know, um, that I love her and I'm sad about it and it's definitely hard to watch, but also something along the lines of, um, you know, that Kyle is really strong, really bossy and, uh, resilient. She says, I love my nieces. I just want her to be happy. And then when Hoda asked Kathy, is there a chance for any other reconciliation down the line between her and Mauricio? It was very telling when Kathy basically said, eh, well, if you're asking me, she says, there's no way that Kyle would have gone this far unless she really thought about it, meaning they're over. Kyle and Mauricio are 100% over. You guys, Mauricio was at Dancing with the Stars the other night watching Emma. Like, I'm not just saying that he's only hooked up with, like he's with Emma, definitely, but they're they're not, they're clearly there for the family and I appreciate that they can co-parent and I think that's like awesome that they're able to, you know, they still live under the same roof. They have a huge house, so it's not like a, you know, a situation where you see them every second, but they have a huge house and, um, uh, you know, it was, it's, it's definitely a, 
an interesting, it will be interesting to see kind of like how these things go along. Do they get divorced? Do they not? Now, Mauricio has his next season of buying Beverly Hills. It has not officially come out yet. However, it will be coming out probably in the beginning of the year. Um, because I have a friend who I know for years and years and years who's on the show. And we'll know about that a little bit more. I'll get her on my show when when we are, um, you know, closer to the to the premiere date. But it is going to come out, and I imagine they're going to cover the marriage and the breakup on both Beverly Hills and Buying Beverly Hills, but Real Housewives and Buying Beverly Hills, because you know that's really why we tune in. It's for the drama. Let's be honest. Um, okay, so. Oh my gosh, this reminds me because we're talking about reality shows. You have to watch Squid Games on Netflix, the new reality show Squid Games. Obviously, there was a scripted one. Um, was it last year? I can't even remember, which was really intense and and kind of like uh, gory. This is obviously a game show. It is a reality show. It's not death related, but it is so good. We watched, I think, three episodes I watch with both the kids and Lance. We're all really into it. And I could have kept going last night, but it was late. It's such a good, incredibly well done show. And I'm so like, um, you know, uh, invested. So if you guys are looking for a good family game show, that seems like a good one. Okay, let's move on with um, a couple other things. Anything else? Let's see. Um, yeah, so I can't believe this. I saw this this morning and it made me so sad. You guys know last week at Zach Peters' uh, Friendsgiving show where I was uh, hanging out when I was sitting with Kristen Do Doty, I had no idea, but apparently she was pregnant. And um, sadly, she announced that she suffered a miscarriage with her boyfriend. Um, she had a pregnancy at, and at six weeks, she, it developed into what's called a blighted ovum, meaning, oh, I'm sorry. I really don't know if I should be saying this, but I feel like I need to say trigger warning before I talk about miscarriage. I'm sorry if I didn't, I don't know like what the rules are. Um, but it's called a blighted ov ovum, meaning an embryo has not fully developed or developed at all. Um, this is with her boyfriend, of course, Luke Broderick. They share a podcast together. I met him too. He was super cool, super nice. They talk about this in their November 26th episode, um, which is yesterday, called We Had a Miscarriage. And they talked about how she discovered she was pregnant on October 24th. And um, obviously that is not the case anymore. And it made me really sad for her. It really did. Um, she's 40 years old. I didn't know that. She's 40 years old. So I feel like, um, I feel like, yeah, that's, a, I mean, once you hit 40, it's like definitely harder to, to get pregnant and stay pregnant, right? So I'm hoping for them that they're able to have another baby if that's what it's in the cards for them. Um, but I did, I did see that piece of news and I'm here to deliver the news to you guys. One more piece of news that happened last week, but I just, it's worth covering is the Dave Portnoy. I'm not going to get so deep into it because now it's been a few days, but basically there were all these rumors that he was now dating Raquel Levis, Rachel from um, Vanderpump Rules, formerly of Vanderpump Rules. And he can't, comes out um, over the weekend and he denies seeing what he calls trash bag Raquel Levis mean, ouch. Um, 
He says, I can confirm I've never met that trash bag in my life. And it's wildly insulting to even be mentioned in the same sentence as her. Um, obviously he was really, really upset about that and, and said it in such a tone. These are my thoughts on Dave Portnoy. Like there are certain people out there that are just clickbaity. Like he, oh, Dave Portnoy, for those of you that don't know, he's the president, the CEO, the founder of Barstool. So Barstool Entertainment, Barstool Sports. So if you listen to any of those podcasts, like the BFFs podcast, um, Chicks in the Office, um, I, he he started Call Her Daddy. Like he was the first person to give them a deal, Alex Cooper. So clearly like, you know, he knows what he's doing. He's a good businessman, but he's definitely like a clickbaity guy. He's like an Elon Musk type of guy, right? They're smart. They have a lot of money, but they are always saying something a little off the cuff. They try to get, you know, people riled up just kind of like, I don't know if it's for fun or whatever. I see a lot in Dave that I, I can't stand. Um, and then I also find him entertaining in some weird ways, but yeah, I mean, I don't think that he's necessarily the guy that you would go to to, you know, get um like love and support from. <laughs> he just seems like a, a a jerk, you know. Um I will say I will say he had an issue with Rachel from earlier because they were on on his show, he has a podcast months ago when the news came out about Graham, the dog who then got put in the shelter and turned into hippie, who's now James Kennedy's dog. He said that is the most disgusting thing about her is the fact that she would give her dog up for, you know, send the dog to the shelter. So to me, I know that, um, you know, maybe he means it less about like what happened with her and Tom and more about that. That was like a trigger thing for him. Who knows? Just thought I'd pass it on to you guys. Um, and then if you guys are here live in the YouTube, you, you I get this question a lot over in my comments, like, when do you go live and whatever? I am live Monday through Friday, usually, of course, given certain circumstances, it may have to ship. But Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific time, if you subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna on YouTube and turn on the bell, you will always get notified of my lives. So do that so that you don't miss any. I love engaging with you guys. I love I can answer your questions if it's like on, um, you know, on topic. But if it's not on topic, it's going to be hard for me to answer questions live. So just go on into the Facebook group and you can ask me there. Or maybe I'll do like an ask me anything on Patreon. That's what I should do, honestly. Um, so I get it. I I get, I get, I love, I love the conversation. I just don't want to change the subject just so you know. Okay. So what else? I'm trying to think of anything like big else happened over the weekend. Um, no. No, that's it. That was it. That was all that happened. I did watch more Love Has Won, um, the in, most insane documentary you've ever seen about Mother God. I don't know if you guys are watching that, watching that, but if you like cult documentaries, that is one to watch. And um, Golden Bachelor is back on Thursday, you, you guys. Golden Bachelor, we're down to Leslie and Teresa. I just have to re re like refresh your memories. It's been a week and a half. I miss Gary. I miss, I miss Gary. I miss him. Um, and I think, I think that if I were to, uh, go back and think about, you know, the best moments of Golden Bachelor, 
it's every single one of them, to be honest. Oh, Susan, you guys, this is so fun. So I was messaging with Susan over the weekend. Susan's Chris Jenner. Susan on The Bachelor, on The Golden Bachelor. I was messaging with her. She's like, I totally will do your podcast, but I'm under contract until February. So they they keep all these Golden Bachelorettes or the, the women on The Golden Bachelor under contract. So they're not allowed to like share anything or say anything. But how do we get Susan? Susan is such a star. Follow Susan on Instagram. Tell her I sent you. Okay. So we, I think, yeah, tell me you guys in the, in the comments, if you believe that it will be Teresa or Leslie, I feel really pretty confident that it's one or the other, that it's one, but I don't want to ruin it for you guys. I just, I don't know just from my feelings and just things I've seen. Okay. Let's get into Sunday night TV. Did you guys watch Potomac? Sister Wives Tell All, number one. I think it's four weeks of Sister Wives Tell All. That's a lot. Okay, so Potomac, let's start with that. Now, you know me, I'm not a recap show. I will recap certain things like Sister Wives episodes when they sit on the porch for three seasons. I can recap those. I don't recap all the all the shows, all the Potomac shows or the Real Housewives shows, but I do pick on things that like I find interesting. And I'll tell you something. We got Nyeka. Nyeka. We got Nyeka coming on in. And I have to say, I'm not feeling Nyeka. I am not feeling Nyeka. She's coming in hot. She's coming in strong. She treats her husband like not great. I don't know if you've noticed that. Um, she's very high on herself. She said that she drinks champagne in the morning with her supplements to get pregnant. Find that a little weird. Um, and then this whole when I tell you I needed a, like a Venn diagram to understand this big drama in this season, there's a season here I mean, of this fight between Wendy and Nyeka. There is like some weird, like, I don't even know. It's a he, sh- he said, she said telephone game about the crazy. Okay. So basically they are both Nigerian. I'm going to get some of this wrong. I'll just tell you that up front because I know I'm, I'm confused. So for sure I can't say it right. But they're both part of this um, Nigerian, you know, lineage. And there's some weird like connection where Wendy, where Wendy's mom felt like Nyeka was claiming identity of, of being part of this Nigerian community, but she's not. And then Wendy's mom is now doing like witchcraft and has a shrine where she's like doing voodoo on Yeka. You guys, this is not a joke. This is episode like two or three. What are we talking about? And it's like the sister's husband's cousins called and said, told Nyeka that Wendy's mom was doing this and this is not okay. I'm sorry, what? Now, a lot of you guys are saying the actual drama is Ashley. So a lot of you believe that Ashley is like the biggest pot stirrer in the Potomac world. Uh, she's like silent but deadly. She's silent but deadly. You know, she's just there. She kind of just throws her little comments in, but it doesn't really like sound mean because she's so cute and so pretty. And she just like says it with a high voice drinking her Corona. I mean, how many Coronas has Ashley had on all her seasons on Potomac? Because I used to watch Potomac seasons one and two or three, and then I kind of fell off for a little bit. Now I'm back since season seven. And I can count probably about 89 Coronas. Ashley's middle name is Corona. It's Ashley Corona Darby. ACD. ACDC. <laughs> Ashley Corona Darby Corona. <laughs> he has to have two in there. 
So anyway, this drama is so confusing. To me, just give me Karen Huger. I just want to watch Karen Huger. And I also want to watch Candace. I love Candace. I don't know why I've said this before. I love her. When I saw her sing the Vanderpump theme song, I thought it was like music, like angelic. Love it. Anyway, the drama between all of them, like it feels like we just have fight after fight. You know, shout out to, I want to say it is, her name was Barbara. And I'm going to try to find this post on my Facebook um, community. It was so good. And she basically said that she's figured it out. She's like, I figured it out. The the kind of um, formula, I think she used the word formula. How do you search in a, in a Facebook group? Hold on. Oh, there we go. Shout out Barbara Brooks. You're going to get a shout out on today's show. This is what this genius Barbara wrote on the Facebook group about Real Housewife. Now check it if you don't believe that this is true. She says the formula is broken. Okay, like most of you, I've been watching the Housewives since the very first show. I rarely complain about them out loud. And then she said, because I'm far from bringing a troll on gossip sites with a wink. But after all these years, the formula has gotten stale. Here's every show. At the start of every season, the group producer, a.k.a. Potstirer, has heard a rumor and shares with another, leading to a disagreement between a few castmates. Right? In this one, it's Ashley. The rumor of Nyeka and Wendy. In Beverly Hills, it's Sutton, maybe, or Kyle. Like one of them hearing the rumor about like what's going on with your marriage or whatever. Um, I'm trying to think. Salt Lake City. What's Salt Lake City right now? What are we dealing with on Salt Lake City? What's the rumor? Oh, well, there's a little, there's a few about the breast cancer and like starting that drama. Then it says, this is back to Barbara's post. She goes, next, the scenes for the entire season are, number one, two go to dinner, pretending to eat and talk about a housewife from the disagreement or a rumor. So let's go to last night, Potomac. We have Robin and um, Robin and Giselle. They go to a sports bar or a bar. They order some spicy margaritas and some food that looked really good. To be honest, I was very hungry watching, I think, because it looked really good. And they started talking about the Wendy, Wendy Nieka fight. Number two, two go shopping at a tiny retail store, buy nothing, and talk about another wife from the same disagreement or rumor. I don't know if we had that in this episode. We had... um we had Candace talking to her mom and we had Nyeka talking to her husband. I think that's kind of like what we got from this one. Number three, all go to dinner and an argument ensues from the gossip they heard from the dinner scene. In this case, it was a pickleball game. It was a pickleball game where Huger, Karen, and her husband threw a pickleball party, invited everyone. Um, Karen took the pickleball theme real far Real far, she was wearing bright green top to bottom and had 17 jars of pickles. Like, I understand it's called pickleball, but like, I don't, it's not really pickleball. It's not pickles, right? But I, okay, she, she went, she went in on the theme. They had a big dinner. Um, I guess it was dinner. I have no idea. I couldn't tell you. It was like, it was like Vegas. Was it daytime, nighttime? Like it was just bright in there. It was an indoor pickleball court. I love how they pretend to play. They got trainers to teach them you know, how to hit the bulb, do, do, do. They go back, they're sitting down at the dinner and that's when Nyeka goes after Wendy. So now they're all yelling about it. 
The next uh, one she said was all attend a costume party and an argument ensues over the disagreement or rumor heard from the shopping scene. Well, we didn't have that on this episode, although Karen was in her pickle outfit, but on Salt Lake City, we definitely had a bonnet fight. We'll never forget that bonnet fight. And then all do something unbelievably silly together and the rumor and disagree disagreement follow. Okay. That could have been the pickleball. Could have been like a churning the butter. Okay. And then the final is all go on a trip. We're going to Austin next week on Potomac. And the rumor and disagreement follow on the trip, leaving argument after argument at every location throughout the trip. The season wraps at another house party sans costumes with no resolution carrying the thing into the reunion of who said what, complete with insults and yelling like they're five. Did I miss anything? You guys, it's so true. It is on every single episode of every single housewife show. You have, you know, like a twosome and then another twosome and then a group dinner and then a big event. And there's, you know, the disagreement and then they go on a cast trip and then it's the reunion. I mean, this woman was so on it. She goes, I'm bored, but still watching. It's my brain candy, damn it. She goes, oh, and I'm 57 and love these women are mostly 40 plus. It's what dynasty was to my mom. I love it. I love it. I thought it was the best like indication. This is what we're watching. We we could all be housewives producers at this point. Like if you have studied and watched the housewives, we could all be producers. We could produce another season, another, you know, city. What city would you guys like to see if they did add another city? I'm thinking of something like it, ha- it would have to be a city that would be somewhat diverse. Has to have like obviously intelligence, but also just like a like a sex appeal, like a you know, lots of money. You need money on the housewives, <laughs> Monica. I don't know. Interesting. Okay. So anyway, so Potomac, I mean, the most interesting part about it was when Juan, oh no, we didn't even get into the Facebook of it all. This is literally the most insane thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Somehow in this weird fight between Yeka and Wendy and the mom and the shrine and Nigeria and or all of this like, you know, voodoo crap, we come to find out that Nyeka notices, how, I don't know, that Wendy's husband has unfollowed Nyeka's husband on Facebook. Y'all? Huh? Number one, if you're seriously, like I'm on Facebook all the time now because of Daily Dose of Donna, but I don't believe Facebook, like Instagram, if we're talking Instagram, that is more of a... <clears throat> Like a, I, I'm over you, so I'm unfollowing you. That's like how we all follow all the Heather McDonald, Jeff Lewis drama, right? Like who's following who? Who's liking whose posts? Who's doing this? Who's doing that? So this is literally what we always uh, talk about. You know, this like, oh, look, she liked it. She followed him. She's not, he's not following him. They must not be talking anymore. But Facebook? How do you even, who's it? Who's looking? Who's looking? And so there's a big drama about like, did I know you? Was I your friend? Did I? I didn't. I just met you today. I don't know. Someone's lying. Someone is lying in those husbands. Apparently he followed him on Facebook and then unfollowed him. It's all ridiculous. And it's so boring. The Facebook fighting. What are we talking about? Nyaka's not bringing anything joy. Like she's not bringing joy to my life. And the Casa Potomac is so large. 
already. I don't know if you guys feel that way. It's like so filled that I almost feel like, why did we need someone else? Like get rid of someone then. Oh, okay. So the final part of the show was when Juan was hitting the pickleball. He was actually the only one playing and he runs over and he falls into the fence. Like it's like a gate, like a, like a chain link fence in the middle of a pickleball court. Kind of weird looking to be hundred percent honest and push the fence to the food table where all of the hot food, I guess it was beans spill, including the little, you know, um, gas, like fire warmers. So now there's a fire in the pickleball studio. Okay. We'll see. I, I want it to get better. I'm not really excited or like dying for Potomac. Really not. Okay. Let's uh, move on to, you know, another show that nothing really happened, but everything happens. And that's Sister Wives for you. Because if you watch Sister Wives, you know, it's about everything and nothing at all the same time. It's a, it's a story of love. It's a story of divorce. It's a story of plural marriage. It's a story of bad dadding. It's a story of horrible hair. It's a story of eyebrows that honestly should be illegal. It's a story of a lot of crying with no real tears. Sister Wives is the story of our lives. We can't get enough of Sister Wives. And honestly, it's really, really unbelievable how unlike how incredibly unlikable Cody Brown can continue to get. Like, I thought we were at the pinnacle. I thought we were at the, I was like, we hate Cody so much. Oh no, Sister Wives Tell All, we hate him more. So basically the way that these Sister Wives Tell All go, Tell Alls go, they're always different. But this year it's decided that Suki, who you guys do not like, I've seen some comments. Oh my goodness. You really dislike the host of this, this Tell All. I think the truth about why, the reason why you guys tend to not like her is because I think you feel like it's, um, you know, a, um, it's a, like she's, she lets them off softly. She doesn't hit the hard questions. It's very, it's not, it's not, we're not getting what we want, right? She's not holding them accountable, but I do believe, and you guys have to remember this, I don't know how much of these hosts have creative control over what they can say, ask, and do. Like, there is a part of me that feels like in order to be a really good moderator or host, you have to be able to just kind of say F it and do whatever you want without getting in trouble. But she's hired by TLC and she has to follow their rules. Remember at BravoCon how Jeff Lewis did his opening um, Ask Andy panel and completely, you know, threw the the cue cards to the side, asked one question that Bravo forced him to ask and then completely went on on his own. Well, it was like, you guys, it was very scandalous and it made a lot of press, but it was good because he just like went in deep. Suki is probably not as, you know, ballsy, I would say, to be able to do that. I feel like she just, you know, she's just asking the 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 questions that TLC is asking her. It's only episode one, so we don't know. It could get more. But yeah, she she did drop the ball on some questions we would like getting answered. But just to remind you, so it's a four-part tell-all where each one of them, Cody, Robin, Christine, Mary, and Janelle, have their own individual sit-downs with Suki. 
And the way it's edited and cut together is that basically she'll ask one a question, but then she'll go from, it'll go from like housewife to housewife, not housewife. What are they? Sister wives, sister wife um, to sister wife and Cody to answer kind of like their thoughts about that same topic. Okay. Number one, when Cody walks in, he's like, hey, hey, what do you think of this variety show? It's the variety show, sister wives variety show. Well, Suki liked that question, that, that comment, because then she decided to go to all the wives. She says, tell me, tell me, what would be your song in a variety show? Well, Mary says single ladies, which <laughs> Mary, Mary's been single for 20 years. Let's be honest. Okay. Janelle said, we will rock you by queen. Christine said, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Did Robin have a question? I don't think they asked Robin. I feel like if they did ask Robin, it would be one song. It would be cry, baby. Is that a real song? <laughs> or it's my party and I'll cry if I want to. Um. Is there another crying song that I'm missing? Anyway, so, oh yeah, then Cody goes, my song is losing my religion. And Suki goes, oh, wow, that's pointed. And he goes, actually, did you know that it's not about religion at all? You know, it's about unrequited love. Well, I didn't know that. So what, uh, he's doing like a music history class on the side. He, he Googles. Don't you so totally see Cody Brown doing this with his hair like bouncing? He's like songs about people that don't love you back when you've been a loyal and amazing to them when you're just a resource to them. So, um, so, okay. Then, you know, lots of questions are asked. Here's what I'm going to say. I would say in general, it comes down to the fact that Cody is so damn butthurt. Like, more so than we've ever seen him before for one reason and one reason only because he feels embarrassed, humiliated, and like his ego is bruised. That's really why he's upset. He's not upset that he lost his wives. He's not upset that he lost, you know, Mary, Christine, and Janelle that they left. He's upset that he was left. You know what I mean? It's like people that say, well, before that, the reason why we know that he feels this about, because he now is saying, and a lot of people think it's, you know, Sabin Robin said it's revisionist history. We'll get into Robin in a second. But Cody is saying, I didn't realize this, but I loved, I didn't love, I wasn't in love with any of them until I met Robin. So Suki says, what do you mean that you weren't in love with he said, no, I think I love them. I just, I didn't feel in love. I didn't feel that passion. I thought it was love. And look, there may be some truth to that. Mary, Christine, and Janelle were women that he maybe felt the need to like acquire. Talk about finding resources, right? But like acquire to be, you know, a, a solid, strong polygamist. He basically found these women that he just pretended that he or he liked enough that he was like, I love you, but didn't really understand. And that's true. Like, it's very possible that that is how many times has that happened to us, right? Where you'll be with boyfriends or girlfriends, you'll be in relationships for a long time, and then you meet really the person that you're in love with. And you're like, whoa, like this feels different. 
than anything I've ever felt in the past for any of these. But either way, what he really should have admitted, and he does finally admit in this show, in this tell, tell all, that Robin is the only one that he really fell in love with. Robin, shockingly, is the only one that he really was so passionate about that, guys, he wept for months. Not, not cried like, wait, now I get it. Wait, hold on, you guys. Revelation. Cody meets Robin, and then he starts to become a crybaby out of positivity, out of joy. He's crying for Robin. Now, Robin sees Cody crying all the time, maybe, and then she decides, this is our love language. Our love language is not acts of service. Our love language is not rejoicing in prayer together. Our love language is shedding tears is liquid coming out of our eyes. I will cry. It's like their secret signal for each other. So that's why every single time anyone talks to Robin, she starts to cry because that's her way of showing her love to Cody. That their crying is their love language. I've discovered it. I just figured it out. Anyway, so um so you know, Robin obviously was the only one that really, you know, satisfied him. Probably, let's be honest, she probably served him well in that white sports car. Don't you guys think? Listen, Robin came from an ex-husband. She had all these kids. She needed to get into something fast. And there was a TV show on the line. This is a, you know, TLC. This was Robin's moment. And we all know that Robin's a good actress. Right? Robin was trying to get discovered. Robin would leave Cody in a heartbeat if she got an offer from, from Ryan Murphy. Robin is the new Nini. She's moving on to bigger and better things. She's leaving TLC and she's going to be on the next season of America Hor American Horror Story. <laughs> Seriously, forget Kim Kardashian. We need Robin to, to take the foray and like, you know, jump, jump ship from reality to, to scripted. What role do you think Robin could play really, really well? Trunchbull, Miss Trunchbull from Matilda. Okay, so, so the conversation is, you know, about Cody crying tears of joy, weeping tears of joy for months because he felt something so, so real. And we all know what that means. Boing. Just saying. Just saying. Not safe for, for work edition. He felt something finally, right? Then, then, this is the craziest part. Suki goes to Robin. Robin, did you know that, that Cody said that you were the only one that he really fell in love with and that he cried for, for you know, months out of joy? Her reaction for the first time. For the first time in all the time we've ever seen Robin on the show, her reaction was nothing. Did he say that? I hope he didn't say that to the other women. Wow. I didn't know that. Cried tears of joy over me. He loved me so much. Wow. Hmm. Does Robin not like Cody? Maybe that's what's happening. She's in misery. She signed up for this because she wants the paycheck from TLC and from Mary. And so she obviously has absolutely no 
real feelings for Cody. And now she's stuck with Cody. Cody's like the guy that he's like a pest to her, right? She's so get out of here. Get out of here, Cody. Go to your other wives. But the other one, he doesn't want the other wives. He only wants you. And now Robin's like, oh crap. I stepped in shit and I can't get it off. She's stuck. She's stuck in that relationship. Oh, he said that he cried about me for months. Oh, he loves me the most. Oh, hope I didn't tell the other wives that. What happened to emotion, Robin? You're so clear, clearly able to show emotion in other ways. What happened here? He lost me. She lost me. So anyway, um, so, so she continues to talk. Now, every time Suki asks a question, I want you guys to notice what Robin does when Suki's talking. It's a lot of this. A lot of hair fixing, hair fixing, sweater fixing, always with the damn cardigans. Get new outfits, ladies, all of you. Okay, uh, hair fixing, hair fixing. Got to fix the hair, got to fix the hair. Back to sad, back to sad, Sovin Robin. Robin is a piece of work. She's a piece of work. Now, Cody then starts talking about this fight he has with Janelle. They play back the tape. Remember the tape where he's like, um, you know, where she's like, you're going to let me talk. And he's like, no, no, I'm not going to let you talk. You're going to let me talk. No, I'm done with this conversation, Janelle. And she said, F you. And then slams, he slams the door. So they, they made everyone watch this, this fight. This was like probably the climax of all, in all 18,000 years of Sister Wives, this was the top, the most dramatic thing we've ever seen, ever. And so they make everyone watch it and Janelle's just, you know, she's upset about it. She never thought, she came to that conversation with notes, but he steamrolled her. He was so, you know, he had to use words like culpable, accountable, culpable. Gaslight. He said that it was a very upsetting scene for her. And then Jeanette and then Christine, you know, had to watch it too. Now, Christine has always had this like opinion here where she's always felt like Janelle, she's, Christine's, listen, you could say she's being a good friend, but Christine wants to pull Janelle out of that relationship so fast. It's like she knows that the the guy's an asshole and she's like, you got to get out. Like, you don't understand how much better it is on the outside of this. So they start talking about this time that Cody had COVID. Cody, COVID. And his six-pack and abs and pets getting soft. He said he was so sick and Janelle never cared for him, never took care of him. Well, Christine says, I was on vacation with Janelle and I told her, do not go home because if you go home for him having COVID, if you go home, you won't be allowed inside their house. You will drop off some soup or food on the outside on the porch. He didn't come and take care of you. You will absolutely not leave this vacation. And this is why we know that Cody, Cody didn't actually feel like he needed Janelle to take care of him. He had Robin and her 46 kids. He didn't care about this. He didn't care about Janelle when she had COVID. Janelle has done this entire relationship on her own. She's never co-parented with him. She said you're always, he was always unavailable. She basically was so independent from day one. She was working. She was going to school. She does everything on her own. Like 
Cody comes in there sometimes with like some working gloves, fixes a little hitch on the trailer. But Cody is totally checked out of that relationship with Janelle. He forgot Mary's name at this point. He literally doesn't even know who Mary is. And Christine, he was really hurt by. I think he did love Christine, to be honest. Now, they did have a moment with the six-pack and abs, or six-packs, six-pack abs and pecs, where they played this back, and Janelle is dying of laughter over it, although we all know that they had bomb sex, okay? Janelle and Cody did it in all the all the positions, Kama Sutra. Janelle and Cody bought those books, 46 positions, you know? Things to add spice to the bedroom. You know they did. They may have even hung from ropes and stuff. Like like the, you know, the people that hang from like ribbons or whatever. There's probably a stripper pole somewhere in Janelle's apartment next to the beanbag. You don't think that beanbag is actually for sitting, right? No, it's to soften the blow when you fall from the pole. That beanbag is important. So Janelle is hysterically, hysterically laughing over this this uh, moment of of the, you know, him talking about the the abs and the pecs, and she goes, "Yeah, I mean, it, it's fine, it's fine, but there's more important things to marriage." And Cody was, you know, talking about how he feels. He felt like he was just a resource, just a resource. She never looked, she never dove into any humanity, whatever the hell that means from him. He was just a resource. And I love, like, it's, you know, using Teddy Mellencamp's language, it's so rich of him to be able to say that when he literally just said, I never was in love with any of them. Like, what are you talking about? Of course, they couldn't dive deep into your emotions because you were never there for them. Although I don't agree that. I think before Robin, he probably was. Anyway, that was episode one. We ended at the question that we're all dying to know. All of us are losing sleep over, which is Suki asking Cody, did you guys have good sex? And then it ended. I mean, I was like, wait, that's how Sister Wives is ending for the night? TLC is really stepping up their, you know, their late night programming. We um, see the trailer for next week when we get to meet David. This is my the love of my life. <laughs> Christine's like, hey, he's the love of my life. You're going to love him. You're going to love him. He's the love of my life. It's a little over the top. It's a little like giving teenager with a new boyfriend situation. Um, and that's it. We'll have to see what happens. I do think Cody's packed on some pounds though. I do. Cody and Robin seems like a house of horrors. Like I would not want to live in the, that home. With those like brown walls, they paint all of their walls like a deep, dark burgundy to live with deep, dark, burgundy walls in every room. It just feels so depressing. Anyway, you guys, love you. Appreciate you. See you tomorrow uh, for Tuesday's show. And I hope you have an amazing rest of your Monday. Bye, guys. <laughs>